Hello, I'm Brad Riley, and you're listening to Forming the Spirit Within, a podcast where you'll find such things as in-depth Bible studies, some classes I teach on a variety of spiritual matters, as well as some conversations I want to have with you and others along the way, all of which I hope will inspire you to a deeper life in Jesus Christ. In his second Corinthian letter, St. Paul the Apostle described our lives as a process of transformation that comes to us by looking full into the face of Jesus And as we behold His glory, we are transformed into His glorious likeness in ever-increasing measure. What an amazing thought, that we can be transformed into the very glory of Jesus. That is my prayer for you, that in some small way this podcast will help you in your transformation from glory into even greater glory, as Christ forms His Spirit within you. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and not only listen, but join in on the conversation with a question or a comment. Thanks so much for listening, and may the Lord be with you. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to put out another conversation for you this week. It's Tuesday afternoon, and I'm sitting in my study working on some things for Thursday's Bible study lesson I'll be teaching starting the book of 1 Thessalonians. But but just in kind of reading through the whole scope of 1 and 2 Thessalonians, I couldn't help but be struck by the the call of the Apostle Paul to bring the people back to the fact that they were grounded in their faith in the truth of God. Now, last week, when I started this conversation, I titled it An Invitation to Truth. I don't have a set of number of series that I'm going to continue on this topic, but, but I just couldn't get away from this thought today because I said last week in my conversation with you that I definitely believe it's time we take a stand. I feel called to take a stand. My ministry, uh, Brad Riley Ministries, I feel called to take a stand. We have to take a stand for truth. Everywhere we look today, truth is literally being redefined. People are calling white, black, and black, white, right, wrong, and wrong, right. And it's, it's, it's just it's unconscionable. In fact, as I said last time, it shocks me that I'm seeing this lived out in my lifetime. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm not telling you that the end day is here, that uh, look up there, you know, that the Son of Man is coming in the clouds. I'm not saying any of that because I truly believe Scripture teaches us that we don't know the last days. We really just need to live, as he says in the Second Thessalonian letter, I think Paul says, to live sober and to watch. Uh, the truth is, we all live on this earth for a very short while. Uh, you know, if we live 70 or 80 years, the book of Psalms tells us it's like a, a vapor, like a wind. Uh, that's pretty short in the life of God, in the life of eternity, when we think about it. And we have such little time to make an impact and to make a difference in the world. But yet that's our call. Our call is to live in this world in such a way that we are grounded by the truth of God. Paul actually uses those words in his uh, First Thessalonian letter in chapter 1. He talks about the truth of God. And that's what the people were grounded in. We, it's imperative that we know what that truth is. And I, I find myself thinking through that. I mean, today it certainly seems like we are rapidly moving towards... Uh, and end times. I mean, how long will history last? I don't know. But uh, literally everything is uh, 
is fulfilled in such a way that, that we could be living in the very end of times. Whether that's my lifetime, my children's lifetime, my grandkids, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, it's not for me to know that time. It's for me to watch and be sober and to pray and to take a stand, to take a stand for truth. Because it's clear that in the end of times, many will be drawn away. The, the scripture uses that. Both Paul uses that phrase. Jesus uses that phrase. Uh, that, that many will fall away. Literally, there will be a great falling away. Uh, the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 8 just are haunting when I hear him say, when the Son of Man returns, will he even find faith on the earth? That tells us that things are going to get so bad towards the very end that even the people of faith, that would be the church, the church of Jesus Christ in all of its forms, it's going to look like it doesn't even have faith. Wow, we're seeing that fulfilled today. And there are literally uh, whole movements of Christianity that are abandoning uh, truths that are long understood, long held, I think very soundly uh, understood and uh, determined from careful study of, of Scripture and the history of the church. Just look at the... The faith, what, what the writer Jude in the apostle, the apostolic letter of Jude says, uh, the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Look at that faith that that the ancient church fathers had, that the early martyrs of the church had, that was had throughout history, even on and up into the, the Protestant Reformation. What the reform, many reformers died uh, horrible deaths uh, because they were uh, martyred for what they were trying to take a stand for. The reality of that kind of truth is is that has to be grounded and rooted in something. And it's grounded and rooted in a historic reality that has always been known as the Christian faith. Now, I realize there's lots of different interpretations of what the Christian faith is, but yet there is still an essence to the faith of Jesus Christ. And, and I, I want to point you to that essence as what I would call uh, the the Nicene Creed, or the, the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, that great creed written by the early church in the first ecumenical council in the year 325, and then later in 381, I think it was, as they finished that creed. That great creed teaches us the essence of what it means to be Christian, of what the Christian faith is. I, I, and, you know, if you veer from the boundaries of that particular creed, I believe you've kind of wandered off into the territory of, uh, of uh, away from the true Christian faith. It's, uh, it's pretty clear, you know, that we believe in God, the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Uh, it was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, uh, crucified, dead, and buried. Uh, he ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, with the Father and the Son. He's worshiped and glorified. He spoke through prophets. Uh, we acknowledge one, that there is one apostolic, holy apostolic and Catholic church. That means there is only one church of Jesus Christ. And it's been handed down from the time of the apostles. It is truly for everyone. It is universal in nature. And we believe in uh, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
Those are the essence. I mean, that's not a direct quote of the creed, but that's the essence of it. And, and, you know, I know Protestants of every persuasion. I know Catholics and Orthodox Christians. We all look at that creed and we say amen to the whole tenor of that truth. And, and I think if we're going to take a stand, and that's what I want to do, I want to take a stand in this ministry as I begin to share uh, with churches the message of, of rediscovering the truth of the, the church and its calling, the church's calling to be the body of Christ in our world and to be that, uh, that vehicle of truth, if you will, then I want to take a stand on that creed. I think that is the essence of truth. In, in its uh, given form that the Christians throughout the ages have been able to come back to and stand on. And, and so I just want to kind of finish the conversation with you today. I, you know, I hear words, I started reading in the Gospel of Matthew again, and I, I looked at Jesus' words towards the end when the end of that Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, when he says things like, you know, uh, many will become offended, will betray one another and hate one another. That's chapter 24, verse 10. And continuing on, he says, then many false prophets will rise up and, and deceive many. And verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. There's a lot of incredible work being done out there in the world to, to share the gospel, to translate the gospel into every single known tongue and dialect so that everyone may hear and know the gospel of God, as the Apostle Paul calls it. And, and Jesus Christ, it seems to be describing our day right there when people are delivering up people to tribulation and killing others, hating others, uh, betraying one another, uh, false prophecies everywhere. It's just, it's a sad state of reality. But let me try and end on a happy note today. And that is that if you think about all of those things, and it, and it sounds pretty dire, and it does, and, and you get a little nervous or a little scared, don't. Listen to the Apostle Paul as he shared with the Thessalonians in his first and second letter when he talked about don't get worried about it. Do not think that Jesus Christ has already come. The time is not yet, but stay sober and watch. In fact, he actually recommends to the people to, to do their own work, make sure they're working, and to pay attention to their own business, and to live quiet lives. That's pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing advice, I think, for today. Uh, in a world where we are so into everybody else's business and so into judging everybody else and we see everything that everybody else does in an instant uh, through the internet and social media, which are great things. I'm using them right here and right now, but but at the same time can also be used wrongly. That uh, I think there's some really good advice in being sober, watching. That means, I think, paying attention to the truth, listening to the Word of God as the Apostle Paul always admonishes the followers to, to listen and obey the Word of God and to have faith in Christ. He is the truth, as I said last week. The truth is Jesus. You want to know what's true in any given situation? Look to the life of Jesus Christ. 
Did he endorse something? Did he do something? Did he speak about a, a particular given thing? Always look at his life. There really isn't anything that you and I could discuss that Jesus didn't take a position on. His positions are everywhere. His positions on morality are pretty clear. His positions on on ethics are pretty clear. His positions on love and love for others, even our enemies, they're all pretty clear. Uh, someone once said, it's, it's not the things of Scripture or the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things I do understand that I don't do. That's, boy, that's reality. That hits home. It's, it's not hard to understand. Love God and love others. It's not hard to understand. Uh, mind your own business. Be sober and watch. There's so many things there for us. So I, I throw that out to you today as a part of this continuing conversation. I'm inviting you to consider truth and that truth is Jesus Christ. Don't be like... Pontius Pilate, who said, what is truth? We know what truth is. Truth is Jesus Christ. So get in the Gospels, read about the life of Christ, uh, worship him, uh, pray, uh, do all the things that the apostles tell us to do. The apostle Paul was so good to admonish the people and to encourage the people and to exhort them to not give up uh, meeting together, that that uh, our faith is truly one in the body of Christ. There's no such thing as solitary Christians. We need each other. We need the church of Jesus Christ. Um, I think I'm going to talk about that on another future conversation. We really do not understand the nature of the church in today's world, but I'll save that for another time. Don't want to make these conversations too long, but I am hoping you're listening. I hope that you'll take a moment, uh, maybe record a question or or send an email, or put a comment on. Uh, But thanks for listening. God bless you, and may the peace and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Well, that's all we have time for today, and I want to thank you again for listening in. I hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. While you're here, why not take a moment to add a comment or perhaps ask a question? You know, Forming the Spirit Within is a listener-supported ministry. And I really appreciate your feedback and your support. If you'd like more information on how to be a part of this ministry, you can find it online at bradreillyministries.org. Again, thanks for listening and spending the time with us today. And may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you as He forms His Spirit within you.